It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock, and it is time once again for the Ron and Brian podcast. Here we are celebrating episode 271. Brian, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It is Sunday. Been looking forward to this moment all weekend long. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it. everyone sits there and says Sunday nights is a, just a depressing time. I, you know, I think I, I'm very fortunate in that my Sunday nights I get to spend with you. No. Well, thank you, my friend. That's that's very nice. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. How are you doing, Ron? I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little buzzed right now. Um, did a little uh, little day drinking today. A uh, friend of the podcast, John Jardy, uh, celebrating his birthday tomorrow. So a uh, group of us uh, got together, went to an arts festival uh, nearby, and then uh, went to a local restaurant to uh, to have a little food, some drinks, uh, exchange gifts. Uh, just a good time, a good group of people. Uh, Sounds like an amazing time. Listen, uh, I'm sorry you weren't able to make it, uh, but it was uh, we we missed you. Your absence was very obvious in the room. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'll be I'll be drunk by after dark. So I think Good. that is that is where we are at right now. There's only one right way. Now. There's only one way, Ron, that will make you drunker. What's that? To keep drinking. Oh, you mean like with drink of the week? Drink of the week. <laughs> Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink just of the real week. Quick, I don't know if you can hear that, but the skies just opened up here in Elkins Park. Just a deluge of rain hitting the office now. And we are not afraid back in the, no. in, in the, in the early aughts when um, we were on uh, episode, I believe we were on episode 482. Um, that was season uh, 18 of the podcast. I remember when you, when it, when there was rain, uh, any type of precipitation in the suburban Philadelphia market, I remember your internet would, um, how do I say this politely, um, become very spotty. And there were, there were times where we would have to reschedule the podcast or we were not able to do it because you would lose internet. But now it's nice to know that with all the um, taxpayer funds that are being um, sent to the state of Pennsylvania to help support all those in need in Kensington, that a nice little side effort with all that money was to um, improve the electrical lines in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. Listen, I, I think special thanks needs to go out to President Joe Biden for signing the Infrastructure Act, which I sure. believe was directly responsible uh, for the reinforcement of the Internet and electrical lines uh, here at Ron and Brian Central here in Elkins Park. Makes me happy. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? So this week we're going to mix it up. We're going to have me start. Love it. 
Love that journey for us. Uh, so coming out of, where is this brewery? Out of Munster, Indiana. Uh, a little something from Three Floyds Brewing. Uh, it's all about the spooky season now, Brian. And this is Zombie Dust. Uh, this is an American pale ale. And according to beerandbrewing.com, hops present complex fruit notes with a little more citrus character. The onion notes are there too, but not overpowering and provide depth and contrast. Drinks super clean and malt and hops are in balance. Juicy hops flavor up front reminiscent of grapefruit and pine, along with tropical fruit notes and an appropriate level of bitterness finishes dry and clean clocking in at a solid 6.2 percent avv uh has a nice uh nice uh, tan body to it i guess you would say that is a golden let's, hue let's see how it drinks brian all right the man is taking a sip let's see what he says that is a very good beer oh he's going in for sip number two i would agree I with him it is very dry, very clean. I'm not getting the uh, the fruit notes that they're mentioning right off the bat. But again, I've had a few beers at this point. Um, I'm getting the onion notes. I get that, um, but it's not it's not unusual. Like it's it's a good tasting beer. So uh, color me a fan of zombie dose. Yes, Billy. I did say onion notes. So uh, it's basically uh, blackberry, peach, fresh blueberry, mango, and pineapple balanced against light onion notes and an almost white wine character. Mm. Very tasty, though. Very tasty. Mm. Brian, Brian, what yes. are you drinking this week? Listen, um, you know, when I made the, uh, the trek over the Hudson heading west, just like our forefathers back during colonial times, um, you know, I, I, was, I was nervous about you know whether the um, how the reception was going to be. Things have been said on this podcast about the great um, Garden State, the state of New Jersey. Um, right. Some of these things have been said by you, Ron. Others have been said by Matt Beaker. Um, uh, I have been nothing but uber complimentary about the state of New Jersey. And it's nice. The welcome mat has been rolled out for me. The nice people over at 902 Brewing, which is in Jersey City. So you know this is being made with the finest of water. Of um, I'm drinking a Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken. A reference to a city in New Jersey, Hoboken, which is just a short, maybe 15-minute ride from me, but is more important, the hell, the heaven, hell, or Hoboken is a reference to um, World War I when General John Pershing said the phrase, heaven, hell, or Hoboken, and it became a rallying cry for the U.S. troops because it became a, um, a, a, a cry, not really a cry, but it, it became a motto for um, the swift end to World War I, which actually dragged on for another year. But it was it was General Pershing's way of saying to the troop, "You're either gonna you're gonna go, you're gonna die, or you're coming back to Hoboken," which was really just a port of embarkment for a lot of the troops. This here, Ron, coming That's in good. six point five ABV. It is an IPA, so I am very not um, looking forward to tasting this. Beer Advocate gives it a score of eighty three. Untapped three point five seven. Brian rates this. 
let's see what it is. Take a take a nice uh, drink there. Let us know what you think. Mm. I would say that this is a smooth American IPA with a hop ride of grapefruit, passion fruit, and other citrus flavors. Hit with a heavy dose of Simcoe, born in the kettle and cold side. This run is heaven, hell, or Hoboken. You're taking a second sip, so I have to imagine uh, that you're enjoying it. Mm, I do not miss IPAs. No, I don't. I don't like that hoppy aftertaste. I got you. It, you know, it's. Uh, I'm more of a lager guy myself, so I think yeah. I understand what you're saying. Lagers, pilsners, ales. That's, uh, that's, that's my wheelhouse. I think that you know, but at the same time, I can't be drinking a, a pilsner every week. I can't. I can't just right. do a lager. I've got to. You know, I almost picked up an imperial stout, but I just. It seems a little too early in this season for me to go imperial stout. I think I want it a little bit colder for a dark brown beer. Understood. Understood. Well, in the meantime, Brian, let's keep things rolling along here with Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? The fact that I wasn't invited to John Jardy's birthday celebration oh. this weekend. Um, it sounds oh. like a great time was had. Um, it sounds like you were there. Uh, sounds like your wife was there. Sounds like Marty Jardy was there. I'm going to assume Matt Jardy was there. Maybe Amy Jardy inclu- was, was Not part this of time, that. no. No but Amy Kelly, Jardy. But Kelly Jardy was there. Uh, Kelly Cayman Jardy. Jardy. Okay. Uh, parents were there on both sides. I mean, it was, wow. it was, so it was a, friends, family. You know, it was a small get-together to of roughly 80 to 100 people. So hey, hey, hey. nothing so big. not invited. Yeah. Um, so that hurt when I heard about that. Um, my, my beef of the week is um, an update from last week. Um, okay. The fine folks over at Retro Fitness in Rigo oh, Park on Queens right. Boulevard. Um, I uh, swung a buy there to uh, announce that I was um, looking to cancel my membership right. and that I had um, uh, moved out of the neighborhood. So this was a call for, um, for, for, for me to cancel my membership. And the woman behind the counter started, I mean, she gave me every line that they have been memorized to teach to not allow you to cancel. Is there somebody else you'd like to transfer this to? Oh, wow, you're at our introductory rate. Um, you're significantly lower. Are you sure you don't want to keep it? Um, uh, uh, my manager is not here, and they're the ones that really <laughs> will be able to do that for you. Um, and then finally, um, after I was able to break her down, she really just screwed me, just just screwed me. Sat there was like, well, you know, it's within five days of your billing cycle, so we're going to have to bill you for September. Oh, that hurts. So I'm getting another charge for, to- for, even though I canceled my membership. So I'm not there anymore. They're going to charge me a month. And at that point, I literally was so furious that I realized I was about to make a scene and I'm not really <laughs> one to make a scene. You know that, sure. you know, and I sat there and I just was like, it's $20, Brian. It's not worth um, uh, what you're about to do. And I just said to her, go ahead. That, if that makes you feel better, go ahead. This is what you do, Brian. You reach out to your credit card company. You open up a dispute on that charge. Say, I physically went to this location and spoke with such and such and canceled my membership. (laughs) You're making a note of that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm writing this down. What are you talking about? 
Um, call credit card company. You Keep going, Ron. You got the call. You, you, you probably can just do it online. Most of your credit card companies, you can go in, you can just dispute a charge online. And then just get I don't have access to my bank account anymore. They took that away from me. Did they? Wow. No, I'm just what, kidding. Uh, I'm kidding you. All right. all right. Good. You had me a little worried there. Thank you very much, Ron. That's a great idea. I will be disputing it. Um, Ron. Yes. What's bothering you this week? Um, so this week, Brian, I mean, it wasn't a bad week. I'll admit it was a good week. But my my beef this week is is with my lovely bride. And, you know, I my my wife, she's a wonderful person. We know I love, love her. her love her. Um, but she she did something today, and and we did have a conversation afterwards about her delivery. And I, I guess I should maybe back up for a moment and say that my my wife used to be addicted to WebMD. So if there was any kind of symptom, malady, whatever, she would go on sure, WebMD. Sure. And you know how WebMD is. It's either what it is. You have or cancer. cancer. Or it's cancer. Or cancer. Like, correct, correct. You know, she would be she would be like, you know, I either have a hangnail or it's cancer. And yeah. sure, it's 99% a hangnail, but I'm pretty sure I have cancer. So that's kind of like her mindset. I strained you know. a neck muscle or I have cancer. Or I yes. have cancer, exactly. WebMD, so, correct. Uh, the finest. So she is prepping for her own colonoscopy uh, in a couple of months. Um, you know, she's getting to that age. It's time to do a colonoscopy. How, hold on. How much prepping does she have to do? How well, much prepping does this woman have to do if it's months away from here? Well, they wanted her to get blood work, which is unusual. I didn't have to get blood work before. Well, I guess maybe I did get blood work. Um, so she goes yesterday and she gets blood work. So... Mm. I'll ask you how you would react to this situation. Okay, okay, okay. So I, 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 I'm in, I'm in the bedroom. I've just showered. I'm getting dressed. She comes in. She's like, "My blood work results came back." With that and tone, pauses. And also, keep in mind, she is a very energetic, vivacious right. person. She does not low energy. Right. My blood work results came back. Oh my God! All of what, them. What did it say? That's the, that all, is the response. Oh my God! What was? What well, did I said, I'm like, all right. What? How? All of them were really good, except for one, that was really, really bad. So now I'm like, all right, time to update the life insurance. I'm sure. like, well, I'm like, well, which one's bad? She's like, I have high cholesterol. Now, sure, not to downgrade. High cholesterol, but high in cholesterol. the in the span of treatable issues that you can have from a blood test, um, it seems like not a huge deal. And I said to her, "I'm like, you know what? I'm like, man, I've lost my mother to cancer. I've lost my grandmother sure. to cancer. I've lost friends to cancer. Like that's automatically again where your mind goes when somebody's sure. like, blood work came back. I got, came blood back. So I, I got sure. blood, my blood work. Yes." So I said, maybe in the future, just say, hey, my blood work came back and I have high cholesterol. But it was this whole thing where there was a good 30 to 45 seconds where I'm like, she's ready to deliver such just ridiculously bad news. Again, not downplaying the dangers of high cholesterol, but it's a treatable situation. Yes, it is treatable. And can I give you another perspective? Sure, please do. Okay. I... I now 90% of the reason that I do this podcast is I need your perspective on things in my life. Oof, that's scary. Um, yeah, I know. It's a lot of responsibility. 
Now, as somebody who has um, not necessarily taken every possible step he can to treat his body um, as a 51-year-old, you know, I recently uh, went in for blood work, I would say maybe six months ago, went in for my annual physical. And um, the doctor basically came back to me and said, you have high cholesterol. And it really was, it was a wake up call. And, you know, not in the sense of, oh my God, I'm going to die, but just the reality of, I don't eat a lot of fried foods. I don't, um, I'm not eating a lot of red meat. I do eat, you know, uh, you know, a salad, you know, most days for lunch. You know, I would say that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say of the healthiest of diets, but I definitely would say on the scale of America, I'm on the good side. Right. If you had to, you know, draw a, a bell curve and to be told that my cholesterol was high and to have a doctor sit there and say, well, you know, um, obviously diet plays a large part in this, but it could just be, you know, the way, you know, genetically that your body is holding onto this stuff in it, in the blood. And if left unchecked, you become a very, um, likely candidate for a heart attack, which is how my mother passed away. So when I was told by this, by the doctor that, you know, my body was just producing a lot of cholesterol, um, naturally, uh, it kind of was a whole shit. You know, I am in that age group where, you know, people are starting to drop off and die. I don't feel it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm not that lucky, but it's just the fact that, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a wake up call of hey, you are getting older and the body that you were born with may not be working in prime uh, condition. Like, you know, you have always assumed it was. Um, if you can let your wife know, I did get, get on a statin. Um, I forgot the name of it. It's a Toravastatin, something like that, which is right. the generic for um, Lexapro or whatever the uh, – I don't know what the fuck it is. Anywho, but I did get on a statin um, and ate normally for a month and went back for blood work and my cholesterol level was now in the um, normal range. So it made me feel much better. I take a pill every morning, um, feel great, still eat wings, still eat um, fried chicken sandwiches. Um and uh, so tell your wife, you know, obviously it could be worse, but I do understand her initial um, reaction of just like mm, something serious is going on inside my body. I say but this as I drink, as I take a swig of Jack Daniels. <laughs> of course, that's where it went to next is I was like, well, at least your doctor can put you on medication for cholesterol. Yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes your body just makes cholesterol. Sometimes you have familial cholesterol and it just sure. can't be treated. And I'm like, well, d- does anyone in your family? That's what have the high pill. Cholesterol? I'm like, does anyone in your family have high cholesterol? Like your mother, your father? I don't know. Your brother? Ah, grand. Well, and then I realized I'm talking way too much sense here. I should just be like, all right, you're right, dear. I, I but let's let's see what the doctor says. So is she but planning like, on getting on a, uh, taking medication? I mean, she's going to talk to her her primary physician about it. Like, obviously, it. this was for her her colonoscopy. You know, I don't right. know that, that doctor can really do much, but she'll Got she'll it. reach out to her doctor and say, you know, what what can you put me on for this? I will I will say this that um, uh, when I had my blood work done, I had a coworker who also got his blood blood work done, and I would say he's probably about maybe seven eight years younger than me, maybe five. Um, The point is that we were comparing our cholesterol numbers and he sat there and pointed out that his number was higher than mine. 
And I just, and this is just like one of those moments when you realize that you are old. Um, he, um, I sat there, I was like, oh, so which, uh, which medications your doctor putting you on? And he looked at me and says, I'm, I'm doctor didn't put me on anything. And his number was like 20 points higher than mine. And I looked at him I'm like, wait a second. Why is it that I'm on medication and you're not? And then he just mildly like kind of looked away and just mumbled, uh, it could be age. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm 50 plus. He's in like the 40 plus category. So right. maybe um, uh, a higher cholesterol is something that's not considered um, as dangerous for somebody that age. Um, you know, I, you know, listen, with everything that has gone on over the past five years, the you know, um, uh, the the Dr. Fauci's, the masks, the vaccine. I just want to say I do listen to the science and I do trust the doctors. So I'm taking a statin every day. Allie brings up a good point here. Sometimes things don't need to be, quote, solved and someone just needs an ear. And I will say that is one thing that I've learned in, in my relationships and, and, a, and a comment that I will often make as I'm having conversations with my wife is, is, is this something you want my input on or is this just something you want to tell me? And this particular conversation was something she wanted some input on. But I get what you're saying, Allie, and I've, I have learned that in the fact that there have been times in the years past where my wife has, has talked about something and she's had to say to me, she's like, well, she's like, I don't want you to fix it. She's like, I just want you to listen. So how does she always- respond? Yeah. How does she respond when you say to her, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help you work through this? Oh, she'll answer. She'll answer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I, I will say this, and and you know, I was you know prior to going into this relationship, and even for the first few years of this relationship, I was a very poor communicator because I made a lot of assumptions versus asking questions and making sure we were all on the same page. So I will say that is, and that's kind of where questions like that have come from. Yes, sir, you're you're, you're calling time out. I'm gonna get spanked for this one. <laughs> By who? We'll find out. All right. Let me ask you a question and answer yes. this honestly. Was it that you were a poor communicator or you struggled with the difference between how men communicate versus how women communicate? Because the truth, and, and I know you're not, there's right. not one way. So there's right. not one way women communicate, but there is a general um, uh, acceptance, at least on my part, that there is a difference between, you know, the, the a, a female's approach to something and a male's approach. Sure. And the truth be told is um, if a guy comes to you with a problem, he's looking to have a – he's looking to talk out and end up at a solution. Whereas I think sometimes like women necessarily, um, they don't necessarily take that same approach. And sometimes it's – I need to get this. I just want to talk about something. I need to get these thoughts out. I want to talk about that, but I'm not looking for you to swoop in like Superman style and solve my problem. Um, I think I would say it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I would say, yes, we, not just the fact that she's a woman and I'm a man. I think she and I just have different communication styles in general. Um, But it was, it was the fact that I, in my head, acknowledged our difference in communication Mm -hmm. styles and still was a poor communicator. So I think thank God great. the only reason this marriage has worked and we and we will be uh, we will be celebrating uh, 10 years of marriage this Halloween. True. And I will say 
the the reason that this relationship and this marriage has worked is that she was willing to put in the work to mm-hmm. help me be a better partner for her. That's, this is not she to say knew, that she knew you were a winner. She knew you well, were, she you says, were a keeper. She says I'm a good egg. So that's, that's about all I can say. Once again, Allie with makes a good point here. It's just that venting can be healthy. And that is right. something that 40 plus year old Brian um, learned. I did not know this in my twenties and thirties. Um, I do realize that now. And I also realize the value in just listening. There you go. Good, good, good talk. We've had a good talk here. I feel we've all, we're all better for it. Absolutely. Um, let's get to our stories of the week. We always like to grab stories that, uh, catch our eye that we just find interesting, um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, we want to make sure we don't, we don't pass them up. Brian, what is your story of the week this week? My story of the week is um, it, Las Vegas. Yeah. You know I love that town. Love Vegas. Love Vegas. We, we both love it. Um, there is an issue going on right now at the MGM Grand, which, own, which is not just – it's still going on, right? We're going on like it a week It's still now, going on. MGM Resorts was the victim of a cyber attack this past week. They were hacked by a cyber group um, and basically shut down MGM Resorts, um, a dozen hotels on the strip between Mandalay Bay and Bellagio. So um, it, it turns out that earlier this week, um, hackers were basically able to find a IT employee of MGM Resorts um, on LinkedIn. We're, we're able to call customer service, and within 10 minutes, we're able to, um, they were provided this IT guy's, pretending to be this ID guy, we're right. able to obtain this guy's credentials to get him into the computer network. They were able to log in as an IT administrator, basically block the entire network. So at hotels like MGM Grand, the Bellagio, um, Circus Circus, um, Hooters, um, uh, Luxor, also um, uh, Excalibur, uh, Mandalay Bay, if I haven't said it already. Then you're looking at the Mirage also. You're also all the way up. Not, I think not that's Hollywood. I think, you've hit, I think you've hit all of them. I was waiting for you to shut me down. No? no. Anywho, um, basically, they were completely um, uh, uh, shut down in the sense of that uh, uh, if you were trying to check into the hotel, the computer systems were completely down. Hours. The front desk hours. staff were unable to verify people's reservations. They were they were literally taking um, uh, incoming uh, uh, visitors on, with using paper uh, 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 notes to check people in. Um, uh, there were hotels that were, I believe, I read up to three, four hours of wait time to check in. Um, uh, the slot machines were completely down. Not down. operational. All the table games were um, were working off of paper because there was no um, computer system to back them up. It was a shit show. And from what the um, the news has were, uh, were put out, the same group were able to go to go and um, they targeted and hit Caesars, which is a rival group in Las Vegas. Right. 
Um, they, they, they hacked into Caesars and they said, listen, we want $15 million. Otherwise, we're going to shut every one of your hotels down. And Caesars sat there and said, here is your $15 million. Actually, they wanted, they wanted $30 million, but Caesars only paid $15 million. They negotiated it down to $15 million, apparently. How do you negotiate with hackers who have been able to shut down your system? Genius. <laughs> God bless Caesars. Um, MGM apparently sat there when they were contacted by the hackers. They told the hackers where to go. And apparently the hackers sat there, heard this and said, hey, we're shutting shit down. So um, if you were looking to go to Vegas this week and you're staying in an MGM Resorts hotel, my sympathies go out to you. I mean, it is, you know, again, it's amazing to me. Um, you know, all these companies do training on phishing attacks, cyber attacks. Sure. And yeah, it was literally as simple as finding someone's name on LinkedIn and calling and pretending to, to be a certain individual. Sure. And what, what is interesting is MGM is, is entering into a, a partnership with Marriott this upcoming October, um, where Marriott Bonvoy will connect with MGM properties. And now, you know, there's there's a lot of pushback from, you know, Marriott Bonvoy members saying, you know, how are you going to guarantee that our, you know, data. Our, our data is safe given what has happened? Like, you know, they're going to they're going to have to be some sort of connectivity between the MGM mm -hmm. systems and Marriott. And Marriott also fell victim to a cyber attack a couple of years back where I think like 11 million uh, sure. individuals had their data uh, compromised. So mm -hmm. it's, <clears throat> but it's still amazing to me the fact that people still um, get caught up in this stuff. Like sure. the very, the, the biggest thing is get somebody's return phone number. Like if somebody, like we tell that to all, cause we've had this happen with hotels and it's always like someone calls a hotel at like three in the morning and says, I'm with the IT department of whatever chain it is. And we need to log mm -hmm. into your system to do a computer upgrade. Fine. Give me a phone number I can call you back at. Sure. Easiest way to, to try and thwart that. Sure. But people don't do that. Um, uh, amazingly, Motel 6, unaffected. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, red Roof, still good. Still issuing your hard data, metal keys. Your data is hard metal keys. God damn. <laughs> is there anything like checking into a hotel when you're, when you're on the road and they hand you a metal key? God damn. <laughs> And it's like you just feel like you're at the Bates Motel. You mean like you're just like, oh yeah, we're, we're not we're not escaping here alive. I am not taking a shower here. I remember. Ron, let me hold on real quick with the hard key thing. Back in like 1996, we're going back a long ways now. Sure, uh, sure. Me and a, a buddy of mine that I worked with, we went to Cancun for uh, for vacation, and the hotel we stayed at was literally a hard key and one yeah. one key. And so like I remember we got separated. Uh, because we were drinking one night and I got home, I had the key, but like, I literally had to like, cause the door automatically locked when you closed it. Like when I went to bed, I literally have had to leave the door cracked open because I had the only hard key and there was like not another one in the hotel. And what happened? Uh, he eventually showed back up. You've told this story before. I have, I've told that story. But I don't know if I've told. Drink up, Ron. Ron, drink some more. Drink some more. Nashanakova, my friend. Oh, listen, I love you. I love. No, no, no. You can finish that. That's one more sip. One more. I'll, sip I'll finish it in a minute. Because um, I have a story, Brian. You haven't asked me what my story of the week is. Um, Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes. Ron. Yes. What's your story of the week? 
So, and I guess it kind of ties in to uh, the cholesterol conversation, the healthy diet conversation. Like people always say, uh, eat fish, eat, you know, there's, there's good, uh, there's good oils in fish. There's omegas in there. Sure. Uh, tilapia is so is healthy good, for you. Exactly. So healthy. So there is a, uh, there is a uh, California mom, uh, Laura Barajas, age 40, who uh, ate some tilapia, uh, which was apparently contaminated with a deadly bacteria, ended up needing to have all four of her limbs amputated. What? So she had this tilapia. Um, I, I let me see if the story says where she got it. This is a photo of her in her hospital bed. Um, so she had purchased the tilapia at a local market in San Jose, uh, made it for herself at home. Um, and she was infected with Vibrio vulnificus, which is a potentially fatal bacteria found in raw seafood and seawater. Um, they had to put her into a medically induced coma. She had complete sepsis and her kidneys were failing, um, which uh, is the reason why they needed to uh, amputate all four of her limbs. Uh, a friend has started a GoFundMe campaign to assist with the medical costs and her adjustment to her new life, um, which has raised about $40,000 so far. Jesus. I mean, is there anybody out there that would eat tilapia anymore? It, it, but it's it's oh, I guess Chris would he's he's ready to have some. He's tilapia. ready. He's ready. I guess maybe she didn't. Uh, I mean, maybe she didn't cook it enough. Like I thought, like cooking food properly kills off bacteria. Sure. But but isn't there something to be said for the fact that the food that we are being provided is inherently dangerous unless we literally cook the uh, and and kill off the parasites inside of it. Well, it, we're, we're getting back to a point, like I remember, like in my mom's youth, like, you know, when when she would cook something, like she would literally put, whether it was chicken, steak, pork, whatever, sure. she put it in the oven for an hour. Because growing up, that's what Cooked you had to do. Shit to out of it. You yeah. had to kill like the divict, dive, what was the stuff in pork? Diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. That was the one thing she always warned me about. No, I thought it was, um, what was the other thing um, in the chicken that everybody gets? Well, salmonella is another That's big the one. That's the one, yeah. E. coli is a big one. Oh, E. coli is when they don't wash your, um, when they don't wash your uh, lettuce. lettuce. Lettuce is a big thing. E. coli used to be a lot through meats. Then it ended up getting transferred to uh, to lettuce. There was- uh, But isn't a, E. coli fecal matter basically- I mean, isn't it, is. it basically like fecal matter? So like when there's E. coli in meat, it's because as they were grinding up the, the, the remaining pieces of, of animal, that part of the rectum and digestive system, the, the backer part of it, um, uh, was included in, in the grinding of that meat. Well, so what the issue becomes is, yeah, I mean, so basically because of the, of the, of the, you know, the hygiene. Dr. Levels. Joe, Dr. Joe <laughs> chiming in with confirmation that E. coli is from poop. And obviously they're, they're, using, using cutting edge medical terminology. That's why we, that's why we have Dr. Joe on this show. 
So there is a there's a docu series on Netflix right now about the safety of our food chain, and one of the things they they talk about E. coli, where mm-hmm. one of the bigger issues initially was E. coli through meat, and again because of you know animals being kept in close quarters and they just poop and and it gets and you know literally when you're getting ground beef, there could be four to five hundred different animals sure. um, ground up into that. Um, but sure. then the other issue that started to happen is is you've got you know, you've got these produce farms located next to, you know, these slaughterhouses and the runoff of the waste is going into the water system and is being sprayed over the fields. Like with E. coli, if it's in meat, if you cook it to a certain temperature, you're going to be safe. But once that gets on your lettuce, like there's nothing you can, because you don't cook your lettuce. You know, you why don't. Would they put, why would they put the produce farm so close to a slaughterhouse? I mean, that seems like a because, terrible I mean, idea. Oh, well, hold on. Allie says that's a fantastic approach. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, that's, that's Allie. That's a, that's a take. Shock. That's a hot take, if you would, Ron. Um, you know, again, I guess these farms end up all in the same location because of, you know, uh, shared cost of irrigation and electric and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a question. If you're if if you're sick with the E. coli or you're sick with the um, uh, diverticulitis and you're not right. feeling well and you, and you feel like you've you're you're suffering a little bit and you've got a um, you've got some type of fever, you're sweating it out. My question to you is, um, you know, is a regular thermometer a good idea to put up your pooper, or is there something else you should use? There we go, Doctor Joe. I mean. You need to put a meat thermometer up your pooper um, to properly see. I guess because of the fever, you might get hotter than a regular thermometer might pick up on. So that makes sense. Makes so much sense. Thank you, Dr. Joe. All right. Brian, uh, it's enough about poop. It's time to talk about gold. And that is our NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Uh, Brian, um, no, 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 don't you dare, don't you dare sit there and try to divert attention from the genius that is Ron. Do not dare sit there and say, oh, no, 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 don't look at me, look at the guy behind the green screen over, no, 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 we are all about you, Ron, because you, um, listen, I... It's, it's, it is, um, it's, we call it a lock for a reason. Ron, a week ago, you sat there and said that the Eagles laying seven against the Vikings. You said, listen, I love my local Eagles. I love this football team. They're going to win, but I don't think that they are worth seven points against the Vikings. Um, Eagles win by six. You called it correctly. Vikings covering that game also. You said Browns plus one at the Steelers, but then you also hinted Steelers minus one against the Browns. Um, You left us lingering for much of the episode last week before announcing which side you were going for, and hot damn, were you correct again. Um, Ron, you went 2-0 for the second week of this season. You were 4-0. How are you doing it? Listen, I, you know, as I often say, I just I call them like I see them, and thankfully, you know, that's been the way it's worked so far. 
unbelievable. I'm going to say to you that um, I know several people that flew out to Vegas this week because they had a suitcase full of cash that they were going to bet on your locks of the week. And unfortunately, they were staying at an MGM Resorts hotel and were not able to place their bets. They're crestfallen. Okay, crestfallen, Ron. I bet that's a term you were not expecting to hear I, on episode 271. But you I are hearing crestfallen. Well, kudos to you, Brian, I have to say, because, you know, you uh, you took a look at the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. Um, the Chiefs coming off that loss in week one, you said, you know what? Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to leave uh, Taylor Swift at home. He's going to get back to the field. He's going to find that blank space on the field and he's going to score. And sure enough, he did Kansas city minus three and they ended up winning by eight. And as you often say, you will not, uh, you will not go poor betting against the New York jets. You took Never. Dallas minus three against the jets. It was a blowout Cowboys 30 jets 10. Um, so you improved to four and zero on the season. I mean, kudos to you, my friend. How do you do yeah. it? Is the Listen, question. These these are easy games. This season starts off. You know the the the, the matchups are, are are obvious. It's it's later on in the season as teams are starting to excel or disappoint. That's when it starts to become a little bit harder. Ron, who do you have for week three? Uh, this upcoming week, I mean. Uh, you know, Dallas is on a roll. They are on the road at Arizona. Uh, they are favored by 10 and a half. I'm taking Dallas minus the points. And then Green Bay at home minus two versus the New Orleans Saints. Ron, I hate the Jets. I think they are absolutely <laughs> terrible. This is one of the, listen, with Aaron Rodgers um, suffering his meniscus tear in his right knee earlier this week during week one, quarter one um i just think uh you know put the bank on the patriots minus three against the jets also seattle seahawks are due for a strong game they're playing the carolina panthers laying four and a half you lay those points um so patriots minus three seahawks minus four and a half that's my lock of the week all right speaking of wagers brian uh DraftKings caught some flack earlier this week with a uh, an interesting parlay they made eventually uh, made available to people uh it's up on the screen here it was called the never forget parlay it said bet these new york teams to win tonight on 9-11 uh you were picking new york mets to win versus arizona the yankees to win at boston and the new york jets to win versus buffalo um about a thousand people uh, bet on this parlay uh, prior to it being taken down uh, amidst uh, talk that it was it was somewhat insensitive. So what's what's your take on this, Brian? Is is a, is the nine eleven parlay a, a bad move, or or what do you think? As a proud New Jersey resident, um, I think um, you know. And listen. New Jersey was hit so um, heavily on 9-11. Obviously, the towers went down um, in lower Manhattan, but the people that were in those buildings were predominantly from New Jersey. The higher up in that building that you went, um, the percentage of New Jerseyans um, increased. Um, This is um, uh, statistics based on um, William Esquire, um, a local lawyer, uh, from Dumont, New Jersey, who does a lot of the um, statistician for the show. Um, 
Uh, anyway, um, I don't think this is offensive whatsoever. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, my, I, I heard a rumor that, um, you know, there, that DraftKings was putting together a, a, a parlay where it was um, European soccer teams on one day. And it was the crystal knock, um, knock again um, parlay where it was the Auschwitz uh, uh, gallbladders um, uh, to win uh, game one and then the Dachau Dachshunds. Um, to win the second uh, leg of that parlay, Brian, um, you 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 joke around, Brian, but uh, Matt did some research um, and found some actual parlays that DraftKings has apparently been contemplating. And first off, Matt, uh, kudos to you. Uh, Matt is celebrating thirty uh, minutes of sobriety um, today, so we 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 have some kudos. But he was able. He do we have? But yet, yet the crowd does not seem to be cheering for him. Oh, there it is. Um, So uh, Matt uh, has an inside track at DraftKings and apparently found out some parlays that were on the on the whiteboard at DraftKings, which I guess maybe they will or won't move forward with. Um, They had the uh, the R. Bud Dwyer parlay. Uh, If you remember R. Bud Dwyer, he was the uh, 30th state treasurer from the state of Pennsylvania uh, until he uh, he took his own life during a, a televised live press conference. Apparently that parlay involved. The Washington Wizards, who were formerly the Bullet, uh, the Houston Astros, who were formerly the Colt 45s, and then they even went with high school sports with the Winchester Falcons. Um, really seemed to be in poor taste there. Um, they also this was the R. Bud Dwyer parlay. This was the R. Bud Dwyer parlay. Um, they also had the Trail of Tears parlay. Uh, which combined betting for the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Um, okay. And this last one just really seems offensive. Uh, the Potato Famine Parlay, uh, which is Notre Dame, uh, the Boston Celtics, and London Irish Rugby. Just Ooh. very tone If there's anything, Ron, we can all agree that it is so difficult betting rugby. Um, you know, well, it, nobody understands the rules. And every now and then the referees just, um, you know, they tack on some extra points on the board. It's so difficult. To I don't even think sport. some of those sports, uh, I don't think some of those seasons even overlap. So I guess maybe some of those parlays would be stretched out longer than than just a day or a week. But just very but insensitive. Listen, you call it insensitive. I say the DraftKings, the DraftKings crew, they are creative, I mean, I guess that's another way to look at it, Brian. What do you want to get to next? We have uh, we've got about. I have actually. There's minutes. something you know. I we've got a lot of stories, but I, right. before we do that, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes, sir. What's that? What are you watching? Um. So still watching. Um. What was that show on Apple TV? Invasion. Invasion. Um. Still good. Still. Uh. Still enjoying the second season. Uh, How do you compare week- that to Silo? Um, again, I, I think it's, I think it's as good as silo. Okay. Thank you. All right. Sorry. Keep going. Um, but, uh, watching the new documentary wrestlers on Netflix this week, uh, dealing with, uh, Ohio Valley wrestling. Uh, I think I've watched four ep- German porn. Yeah. Always German porn, but the uh, wrestlers, I think I've watched four episodes so far. Uh, I'm in the very middle interesting. Of episode four as well. What, and uh, what so you, what's your take on it so far? 
listen, it is the story is the behind the scenes story of the Ohio Valley Wrestling Organization. Is that what it's called? Uh, it's well, it's just Ohio Valley Wrestling. Right. Um, but it is the organization. So basically, it is run by a former WWE wrestler by the name of Al Snow, who I remembered by name, did not rec- remember him for his bit, which was that he walked around with a mannequin head. Um, I don't remember that and probably would have thought it was incredibly stupid. Um, but it is, you know, he is trying to run this independent league out of um, – Ohio and it is um, uh, and uh, obviously it is uh, he is struggling on the financial side so he brings in two uh, money guys uh, local Ohio um, sports fans who are very much into wrestling who have invested into um, who become his partners um, in OVW uh, except that they are looking at it from the perspective of we need to be profitable we need to start making money we are losing tens of thousands of dollars every month. And we need to, you know, um, if this is going to continue, we need to start doing things differently. So you've got that old school of wrestling. You've got the new st- uh, style approach. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I will say this. I believe that after three episodes, I will be watching the remainder by myself. I do not believe that I will have a female um, perspective um, next to me while I'm watching this. But, you know, I sometimes think I, I think I think the same thing's happening here as well. You know, much like wrestling, sometimes people tap out. Right. Um, also, I watched it today. I watched a documentary from 2022 uh, on Netflix called Harley and Katja. Uh, it is about Australian figure skater Harley Windsor uh, and his uh, his partner, uh, Russian skater Katja Alexandrovskaya, um, who uh, in, apparently, you know, achieved some success as a pairs duo in 2018, 2019, um, and then things started to spiral uh, downhill. I don't want to ruin anything for you, uh, but a very, uh, very sad ending uh, to that. Well, wait a second. Isn't she the one that um, committed suicide five months after they dissolved their partnership? Uh, Well, yes, I guess if you want to ruin it for people, yes. Sorry, I just Googled that. I didn't actually, (laughs) I, I, I don't know the story whatsoever. You know what I? You know what I watched this. I've, I'm uh, three episodes in, and you're gonna, you're going to chuckle because okay. not every what are you watching needs to be something that just came out. Okay. I just started watching Band of Brothers. I saw that that is on Netflix. It How is just that? came out on Netflix. I've I, you know it's been available on HBO Max, Max HBO Plus. Plus Max show world. I mean, it's not surprising because you have you have often talked about how big a fan of David Schwimmer you are, uh, going back to his friends days. It's so funny you say that. Um, uh, first off, highly enjoying it. I think we watched two episodes of it yesterday. Um, we'll try and watch uh, uh, some more episodes this week. I will say this, Schwimmer. Um, is heavily featured in episode one. I do not know if he's featured in other episodes. Um, I will say this. There are several people on the cast here. Um, one of the main characters from Billions. Don't know the guy's name. He's apparently British, but I always thought of him as the guy from Homeland. Um, uh, he's great in it. Uh, Ron Livingston from Office Space. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
so good in this one. But there's also a lot of secondary characters that you've, you know, you recognize and whatnot. Um, Schwimmer uh, plays a lieutenant who's overseeing a group and um, is uh, kind of an asshole um, and also incompetent. So that's usually a combination that you're not really, Dangerous, you can't man. really rock. In the, yeah. Um, the problem is this, is that even though I've seen the guy from Billions multiple times, I've seen Ron Livingston multiple times. I, at, when they're on screen, I just, I, they are the character. Sure. I'm following the character. When Schwimmer walks on stage, I'm expecting somebody to offer him a cup of coffee and, you know, sit there and be like, Phoebe. Now, keep in mind, I don't really know friends, so like, I, it's a bad. I'm going to struggle with the reference, but it's like I can't look at him as anything other than David Schwimmer from Friends, who's now acting in this role. He's the only character in this whole series that I'm struggling to um, be able to see as the character and not the actor. And that's usually, obviously, he's been typecast. Um, you know, famously known for that role. Uh, unfortunately, it makes it very difficult to see him doing something other than that. You know, there, uh, you know there was one thing, there was one other thing I saw him do. Um, German porn. Well, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, you know what else I've been watching, Brian? Uh, I have been watching video of uh, Lauren Boebert and her male friend uh, groping each other in the audience uh, at a performance of Beetlejuice uh, at the Denver Performing Arts Center. I know you've been salivating, waiting to talk about this story. Listen. The very fact, listen, you, okay. It is um, one of the paradigms that exists in politics today, which is that Republicans, conservatives, especially um, far right members of that political party have absolutely slid into the role of the morality police in America. Um, defining themselves as living this pure existence, this pure life that allows them, that enables them to identify acceptable and unacceptable behavior that is going on in society as a whole and reclaiming that the behavior that they dictate is acceptable needs to be enforced by American law. Example of this is um, the 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 crushing um, uh, legislation that has come out in a majority of Republican states against abortion of late. Um, the enforcement um, and 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 passing of legislation that allows for um, church prayer in public schools in um, uh, in uh, uh, courthouses and whatnot. Um, it, it, and, and you've got all these conservative politicians who are sitting there saying that we are the example of how to behave. And if you do not behave the way we do, we will cast you down as the lowest of the low. And then you get examples. You see a little, um, you see some signs into how these people live and you realize, oh, wait a second, you are no better. How many Republican congressmen have we seen that get called out by former uh, mistresses of theirs um, uh, for having paid for abortions? Right. How many how many Republican congressmen have we found having affairs with younger um, uh, staff members and whatnot? Now we've got this 39-year-old, I believe she's 39-year-old, 
grandmother to be. Lauren no, she's already Bobert. a grandmother. She already is a grandmother. I didn't realize yeah. that that it already happened. Anywho, she did, yes. but she is she is what we call um, a, a tea party uh, 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 far right nut job. Correct. Um, I mean, I think that'd be a fair statement. I mean, she is one of the uh, uh, brasser members of uh, uh, of the House of Representatives. Um, uh, how she got elected. Um, she had very little um, qualifications. Her husband ran a um, gun-themed uh, restaurant. Shooter's Bar and Grill. Before he was arrested for taking his penis out and showing it to underage girls at a local bowling alley. Somehow she still claims, oh, but he's a good man. Uh, well, that was until their divorce. Um, sure. Anyway, but she decides this week she is going to go to the um, – uh, the the Denver Performing Arts Center's showing of Beetlejuice, 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 and um, ooh, it it gets bad, Ron. Well, because initially, um, it was a case of they said that you know she was kicked out because yep. of she was vaping. Um, she was talking, laughing, singing, um, taking photos. Like initially, that was the uh, the the Ron, angle Ron, that was Ron. being t- was being given. Yes. Ron, Ron, yes. the vaping. No, she would never vape. It was it was <laughs> the the heavy smoke that was part of the stage production. That was what people thought she was um, uh, vaping. But the that was not vapor coming out of her lungs. That was the the smoke from the stage. Right. But then, uh, then video that was released by the uh, Performing Arts Center uh, of the audience clearly oh, oh, uh, showed her him. and her partner uh, groping each other. He was uh, looked like he was groping her chest. Uh, oh, she you can was say it, Ron. General, had an enti- his entire right hand was reached over, grabbing her right breast, squeezing like it was a grapefruit. Um, at a, a Whole Foods that you're testing if you're gonna if you if I take this grapefruit home tonight can I crack it open and will it be juicy? He is just squeezing on that damn thing. And, and what's listen, great, we uh, we don't kink shame here. Like we are we are fine if that is the kind of activity you'd like to participate in. But you know but you're in an audience of people. Uh, you're in an audience in front of with children. children. It's yep. uh if you're going to complain about the drag queens uh, being in schools and libraries and whatnot, and then you can't conduct yourself in a uh, in an appropriate manner in a in an audience in public, um, it's it's problematic to say the least. Sure, and also keep in mind the video also shows her putting her hand um, over his crotch, yeah, um, and grabbing her hand reaches over and grabs his and moves it over closer to her breast area. Um, and also the video, and let's be brutally honest, um, uh, the organizers of this uh, uh, theater, God bless them for throwing her out um, uh, after she got into a uh, an argument with a pregnant woman that was sitting behind her who asked her to please stop vaping, yes. um, at which point I believe she called the woman a miserable cunt for, um, I believe is what the, rep- the reporters are reporting. Um, and then- um, uh, clearly she's vaping. I mean, she's yeah. absolutely, I mean, there, uh, no question. And, and, and what just truly, um, uh, it just, it just runs home, um, over the course of this past week is the, the various announcements of denials and lies that were coming out of her and her camp as to 
what her behavior was during this. And then the theater sat there and and just put out the video where, right. I mean, no offense, they were zoomed in on her. I mean, this oh, yeah. is just clear video. Um, no offense. Also, this is the last time that I go into a public theater and start groping my um, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 lady. I will not be doing this ever again because now I realize I'm on video. Well, and when she she finally owns up to some of the behavior that is, Just, and then, but then today she it, owned up to it. Today she owned up to it, but blames it on a her eccentric personality and b. Hey, um, I'm why I'm a little and, crazy. I'm a but little also blames bad, it on so the I get stress to do of, I of her divorce. Uh, Brian, as, as we've mentioned often on this uh, this podcast, you've been divorced twice. I have never I have. seen you post divorce uh, go to a Broadway show and and grow up your partner. No, not at all. Um, that's because um, I was not uh, uh, kicked out. I was able to get away with it um, without anybody looking. Um, speaking of uh, politics, uh, we say a very sad adieu uh, to Mitt Romney, who announced yeah. uh, this past week that he will not be running for re-election in 2024. Uh, Mitt Real Romney, sad. a person uh, that we often did not agree with, but he was someone with the uh, the backbone to uh, vote for Donald Trump's impeachment mm-hmm. twice. He has yep. often reached across the aisle at times to uh, to support legislation. Um, so not a completely horrible person uh, no. and someone uh, who I think will somewhat be missed from his level of maturity uh, on the uh, political spectrum. I think that what he said in terms of the reason for his announcement to vacate the Senate, um, very powerful in that he basically um, said the, the the main reason was that as somebody who was in his late 70s, he felt that it was time for him to pass the torch to the younger generation of American politics or politicians to basically be able to run the show. I took this as a direct assault on the likely Democrat and Republican candidates in the 2024 uh, presidential campaign. Uh, Joe Biden, who I believe is in his late 80s, and Donald Trump, who is coming up on his early 90s. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk uh, with Mitch McConnell's recent medical issues, Diane Feinstein's. I mean, we've been talking about it repeatedly of, um, you know, it's generally considered that if, um, you know, a, uh, you know, if you are in your late seventies or eighties, there is some diminished capability to, um, think clearly, um, you know, uh, see elderly people are, 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 you know, uh, questions a little bit in terms of their driving abilities and whatnot. Um, and yet they are running our government. Um, I think it's one of the things that, you know, the, um, the desire to hold on to power once you have been uh, uh, provided a taste of it. Um, speaking of a taste, I mean, Chris Saletti still keep harping on the German porn. Give it a break, my friend. Um, Dominic, I mean, what does he want a taste of? Had. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but it is just literally this ongoing thing of, you know, like how old is too old um, to be running this country? Uh, and you've got people who have been in power for 20 years or so, and they want to hold that power until they die. Unfortunately, this is a country not of dictatorships. This is a country of a representative government. And we, the people, continue to vote for the incumbents um, who are getting older and older every um, election cycle 
Um, and yet we blame the political parties because this is who they're providing us with. Right. This is what we have to choose from. Um, one story we didn't get a chance to get to last week, but we wanted to make sure we caught up on this week, uh, involves uh, MSU football coach Mel Tucker. Uh, he was suspended last Sunday uh, without pay uh, due to uh, uh, sexual uh, assault allegations uh, that were made against him um, a couple of years ago. Uh, he started working uh, with an individual uh, by the name of Brenda Tracy. She is a rape survivor. Uh, 25 years ago, uh, she was raped by four men, two Oregon State University football players, a junior college player, and a high school recruit. Um, he had connected with her to work with his team um, to educate uh, the players about sexual violence, you know, over over eight months, they developed a professional relationship uh, centered around her advocacy. Um, Tucker had invited her to campus three times, uh, twice to speak to his players, and once to be recognized as an honorary captain at the team's mm -hmm. spring football game. Uh, but apparently, during a phone call on April 28th of 2022, uh, Tracy says that in a complaint, uh, he on a phone call, he made Tucker made sexual content comments about her and also masturbated on the phone call. Question. How did she know that he was masturbating? Like, was he telling her? Apparently so. Ugh. Um, so she filed she filed a Title IX claim. Good, uh, in, good. In the in Tucker's statements to the Title IX investigator, he acknowledged masturbating on the call, but said Tracy grossly mischaracterized the episode. According to him, they had consensual phone sex. Um, Tucker wrote in a March 22nd letter, quote, Ms. Tracy's distortion of our mutually consensual and intimate relationship into allegations of sexual ex exploitation has really affected me. I am not proud of my judgment and I'm having difficulty forgiving myself for getting into this situation, but I did not engage in any misconduct by any definition. These professional apologies are just out of fucking control at this point. Yeah. For him to be like, oh, I'm struggling to forgive myself. No, 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 nobody's forgiving you. Right. You're a creep. You're a creep and an asshole. Nobody's for like struggling to forgive you. Nobody wants to forgive you. Speaking um, of creeps that we do not want to forgive, Russell Brand. Oh, um, you know, it has not, you know, there's still a lot of details waiting to come out. I do not want people to think that we are avoiding this subject. Famed British comedian, um, Russell Brand was, um, uh, the, over the past, I think, 24 hours, um, there were stories that came out in the British press of, I think, four women who basically have stepped forward and said that they were victims of sexual assault by Russell Brand. Um, uh, one was apparently a, uh, a minor um, who claims that he uh, uh, sexually assaulted her. Um, uh I don't she was know 16 enough. years old, and he allegedly would refer to her as the child, even while he was in a sexual relationship with her. Mm. Um, if we could cancel him, I would be fine. Um, it sounds, you know, from the early uh, reports, and obviously there's a lot of information that's set to come out in the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Russell Brand um, posted a video on his YouTube page, I believe it was yesterday, 
um, preempting uh, the news that broke today, which was basically him saying, oh, I've been, you know, I've been notified by the mainstream media that they are going to uh, announce some terrible things about me. Don't believe it. Okay. You know what? Um, yeah, we'll he, take we'll take you at your word. Fine. Then the details started to come out. And if any of them are true, um, I would say this man deserves to be in jail. I don't know how you feel about that, Ron. No, I, I listen. I think um, you know the men in power take advantage of this situation, and they need to be uh, they need to be held accountable for their actions. You know, Ron, power absolutely corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Very wise words. Very wise words. And you know what's also why wiser words? If we can make a nice smooth transition, what's that? Our Patreon. Oh, if you are people, correct. People, if you're not on our Patreon, if you are not a subscriber to our Patreon, one, you are basically telling Ron and I, I do not want to support the show. Right. I want to continue to enjoy my one hour of free content, but I am not going to crack my wallet open every month and give you pennies on the day that's what it boils down to for as little as five dollars a month you can join our patreon it helps the money is going to help offset the expenses that ron and i incur to run this podcast first off the graphics see this this little banner that goes across Every time it goes across, two dollars goes to, to Streamyard. Look, this is right. another two dollars. It, it used we to pay- be seventy-five cents, but inflation, sure. inflation. Thanks, Joe Biden. It's now two dollars. Okay, we want these graphics because we think it adds value to the show. But now we're looking at six dollars for this. It's now right. six dollars. Um, so, uh, Ron, please, 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 is there any way to stop it? I mean, keep it on the screen, but turn off this. No, no, put it back on. Yeah. I want people to know. Oh, the the paradox here. Um, but it is a way to help us offset some of it. And what do we give in return for this, um, for your Patreon money? Um, you are given access to something called After Dark, which is a separate show that Ron and I do right after this. Right after this, 9.30 tonight. And for $5 a month, you are given a audio file every Monday morning of this content that we do. It's a minimum of 30 minutes and it's, it's, we cover stories that YouTube doesn't want us to talk about it. Facebook wants no part of it. It makes Twitch nervous. Um, but yet Patreon says, okay. So we do a 30 minutes, a minimum of 30 minutes of after dark for $10 a month. Still, less than the price of a cup of coffee um, for those people who like their uh, mocha blast frappuccinos. Um, For $10 a month, you get a link every Sunday that allows you to watch live our After Dark show. And it gives you afterwards a, um, uh, uh, it gives you afterwards a video file that you can watch here. Mr. Saletti once again comes in with the question, does Patreon equal a hand job? If so, he's in. Yes, I will jerk you off if you at, sign up. At the $50 level. Correct. You have to spend, you have to sign up for hand the titanium at level. The $50 level. Hand relief. Hand relief. Uh, what was it? What was that audio file that we had? I just wanted some relief. 
Remember there was the show on Netflix. Can you get me some relief? The guy who let his uh, daughter. The guy that let his daughter get kidnapped and then had his neighbor jerk him off all the time. Oh, but more so important, glorious. Brian, uh, more yeah. important than uh, Patreon, um, we are now, folks, we are available on Cameo. If you oh, go, yes. If you go to Cameo.com forward slash yes. Ron Bryan podcast 8939 um, for just $10. $10, we can record uh, a video message for a friend, family member, loved one, what have you. We can wish them happy birthday. We can congratulate them on a graduation or an engagement or a wedding. We can give a pep talk. Um, and we can guarantee you uh, a message that will be unlike anything else you can get off of Cameo. I, I think, Brian, would you, would you admit that this would be a real one-of-a-kind treat for people? Sure. I absolutely do. And and the thing is, um, you know, the bio that they, they chose, we didn't even type this up. They, they would not even take any text from us. It says, get a cameo from two of the greatest podcasters on the planet. We guarantee an experience that your friends and family will never forget. For as little as $10 a month, you can get a personalized message from us um, for a neighbor. Say your neighbor's dog is shitting in your yard and you don't we'll know how to, how to tell him. We will make a, we will send a message. We will create a video basically telling your neighbor to go fuck off and their dog. Um, but obviously, um, you know, eco light comes from poop. Um, say you are, um, uh, you know, you're a 17 year old boy. You just got your girlfriend pregnant and you don't know how to tell your parents. You don't have to. We will do it for us for ten dollars. Ron and I will set. We'll, we'll say do you want to break up with a significant other, but you don't want to sure. ghost them, but you don't know how to handle it that yourself. So awkward. We'll do it. We'll do it. Ten dollars. Yes. A C um, note. Of is, course. Ten dollars a C note. No, C note's a hundred dollars. Ten dollar is a a tenth uh, of a, a C note. Isn't a ten dollar Hamilton? Uh, yeah, Hamilton or a Hamilton, a Hamilton five. Just a Hamilton. I have no idea. Yeah, Hamilton. I think that's ten or, or right. Benjamin's. No, Benjamin is the hunter. Benjamin's I don't even hundred. remember. Anyway, we're on Cameo. Go to Cameo. We will leave a message. Um, All right. We are absolutely happy to do so. All right, Brian. Anything else? We've covered so much. We have to go get ready for I the after dark for our Patreon. I think subscribers. we're good. I think we're solid. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week, Patreon folks. We'll see you in about fifteen minutes. Everybody else, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.